Hey everyone, it's Aaliyah Henry, and you're listening to The Aaliyah Henry Show. Expect to hear insightful interviews and panel discussions covering community, entrepreneurship, health, and women's empowerment. Don't miss out. Keep listening. The Aaliyah Henry Show is up next. In this episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing Ebony Smith, AKA the Ghetto Guru, who happens to be the founder of the nonprofit organization, Yoga in the Hood. Her expertise is in making wellness accessible to under-resourced communities. Ebony will share the work she's doing through Yoga in the Hood to socially and emotionally develop individuals, institutions, and communities. So don't go anywhere. You're tuned in to the Aaliyah Henry Show. Ebony, I am so excited to have you on the Aaliyah Henry Show. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, it's so interesting. I enjoy watching professionals through LinkedIn, and that's where I found you on LinkedIn. Um, and I have had an opportunity to just kind of watch your journey from LinkedIn that I went and started following you on Facebook and IG. And I was just excited about what you were doing with your nonprofit organization and definitely wanted you to, to have to spend some time with me to talk about what you're doing and how you're doing it. And so I, I'm very honored to have you here. Um, to share your story and to talk about how you are impacting many youth um, in our community and surrounding communities. So I'll just jump right in. <laughs> um, so I want to know how did you come up with the name Yoga in Yoga in the Hood? <laughs> Um, yeah, I came up with the name Yoga in the Hood because that's where I first started teaching yoga in the hood. That's where I'm from. I was born and raised in Oak Cliff, Texas, off Keys and Polk. That's my hood. Okay. Um, and for me, the definition of hood is just short for neighborhood, and everybody has a neighborhood. And so I started gathering people in a local park, Keys Park, a park that I grew up in, you know, and I referred to that as my hood, and I was like, you know what, this is. It's Yoga in the Hood, you know, and it's a space or an opportunity for everybody to bring something unfamiliar to a place that's familiar. And I think it's so wonderful that when you talk about the hood or your hood, because all of us have it. Mm -hmm. You know, we think about, you know, where we first played kickball, you know, where you played hide and go seek, where you rode your bike, all those great things. Um, and probably really where a lot of us met our best first friends, you know, and, um, so it's, it's amazing how you were able to just hone in on that for your business name, for this nonprofit name. And I think that that is really exciting. I think it's very unique. It's fun um, and definitely um, speaks to you. As I got the chance to get to know you a couple of weeks ago when we um, visited for lunch. And so, again, I just think um, it's pretty exciting. So young black girl from Dallas, Texas, 
talk about your journey. Um, one of the things that you and I shared um, was, and, and I'm, and you know, I, I love, I live, so she's, she's got a couple of tattoos, but I want to, <laughs> I want to talk about this one tattoo where I was like totally drawn to is of Oprah Winfrey. Share that reason of why Oprah is tattooed for you. What, why, why is that a favorite tattoo? Oh my God, that's like, a, <laughs> that's such a loaded question. <laughs> Shout out to Oprah. Um, Hi, <laughs> Oprah. Right. One reason I, I got um, a tattoo of Oprah Winfrey because she was just really a representation of what you, for me, an African woman, an African American woman should be. And she was the first person I ever heard speak out, not about religion, but spirituality. And how that if you change your mind, you can change the world around you. Like the thoughts that you're thinking is your reality. And so it was just so far-fetched to me, that whole idea. And I thought it was just so brave of her, you know, as she's been brave so many times to come out and to say that um, and to face that criticism, but to go forward with the knowing that you know, spirituality, knowing yourself, tapping into yourself, knowing that you are made from the divine, that you are created in his image and moving forward in that space is such a powerful thing. Um, and the photo that I chose is like right before she um, quit the network uh, mm -hmm. that she was working at where she was getting paid less than her white male counterpart. And at that time, everybody was like, man, you know, you are winning, you're making money, like this is where you need to be. And she was like, no, I can go further. I can, I see myself moving further and I know my value and I know what I'm worth. Um, and as I speak of that, it, it really taps into my spirit at this point in time because I feel like I'm in a space of that right now. Like, do you continue to um, go forward with what you built um, even though there are these major limitations, are, are, you, are, are, are you willing to step out and move forward into a space of the unknown? Mm -hmm. you know? And I definitely think you're so in your season right now, and I'm, I'm just so proud of your journey. And um, I think it's important that as, as, as a young African-American woman, um, and for me, Oprah is like, right there, you know, when I think about interviewing people on a regular basis, I mean, you know, I strive to want to do something similar to that. Um, but the one thing that you and I talked about in this conversation is, is that if those women are not there for us to see, right. we cannot be. Yeah. And so it kind of lays that platform for us. And I thought that that was like that common denominator that we both really loved um, Oprah and a lot of the things that she has just you know, I think the one thing that's common to anyone is that she really is inspirational. And so as she is a part of your journey, my journey, and many women's journeys, I think it's kind of cool. Um, but I want to talk to you also about explaining how Yoga in the Hood started and what is the program so that the, our listeners can kind of understand a little bit more about what um, what the program actually does. So Yoga in the Hood is a nonprofit organization and we're dedicated to making wellness accessible to everybody. And that just came from, <laughs> from life. You know, I, I feel like that 
uh, yoga was definitely and continues to be one of my saving graces. Um, like I said, I grew up in Oak Cliff, Texas, and it wasn't the best of childhoods, and it wasn't the worst. Um, unfortunately, at eight years old, I was molested by, by one of my neighbors. And in the African-American community, a lot of times that's something that we don't talk about. We shy away from that. And that was, that was my circumstance. It was something that I told somebody, and they were like, well, you know, don't go down there anymore, that kind of thing. So when you told someone of that incident that had happened, and there was no support moving forward after that, how did that make you feel? And, and at what point do, do you say, okay, was this my fault? Or do I say, okay, I'm going to get beyond it? Yeah. Um, for me, it just became a normal. I thought that that's, that's how people should treat my body. That's what my body was made for. Um, and it just continued on that path. But even more so, it left me very untrustworthy, not willing to tell people my truth, which turned into me or people labeling me as a liar because I, feel like they might, I felt like my truth was not important. It wasn't worthy enough to hear, and so let me make up another story. Really, I, I lost myself at that point in time because I didn't have the coping skills to deal with this trauma that had occurred and then the trauma that continued to occur after that. And so I feel like the way that I was reaching out for this help was misbehaving, which a lot of children do that. A lot of adults do that. They do. Um, and, uh, and you're punished for that in school with detention and in-house suspension, which I call baby jail. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being suspended and expelled and just put over into this corner because you don't have the tools to deal with what has transpired in your life. And then you become an adult and they do the same thing. They throw you away. They put people in jails and in prison who really have trauma and don't have the skills to cope with that, or who are really mentally ill mm -hmm. and don't have the skills to cope with that. And so when I, when I stepped onto the mat for the first time, which I came about it in a crazy way, mm -hmm. um, I was 29 years old and I had been in and out of jail, so I went from in-house suspension to real jail, which looked oddly familiar when I got there. Okay. <laughs> and um, I went from that to being an alcoholic to addicted to Xanax. I was married to this guy that I only knew a month, and I got pregnant with my first child at 29. And the only thing I knew about being pregnant is that I wanted to have a natural childbirth like Ricky Lake did on the documentary. <laughs> So I found a doula, and my doula was like, hey, you need to practice yoga because yoga is going to help prepare your body to give childbirth. And I was like, you know, black people don't practice yoga. Uh -huh. <laughs> and that was my mind frame, and that's because that's what social media portrays. That's what the magazine portrays. It portrays wellness yoga as a luxury and not a human right. And it's expensive in some right. studios. So most studios. Yeah, and so for that fact, I mean, that's not probably going to be what you might spend your dollars on. Right. Um, but. And not even that, I mean, that as well, but even more so that I lived in Oak Cliff in the yoga studio that was closest to me was mm -hmm. 24 miles away from me. Yeah, because that was, <laughs> was going to be my next question. So, it's like, no yoga I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, the was there, could there no, have been a, a yoga studio back then? Yeah. <laughs> 
so it wasn't and so I traveled to this yoga studio I get into this space and nobody in there looks like me okay. nobody is super sexy size nobody is chocolate and I'm just <laughs> in this space and I walk into this room and the lady from across the way is like hey ma'am this is a yoga studio Wow. Like, no crap, I came to buy donuts. Like, I know this is a, a yoga studio. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just all of these trials and tribulations just to move towards any site of trying to be well. So at that moment, mm -hmm. when she's saying, hi, this is the yoga studio, right. at that point, did you say, okay, never mind. This is just not for me. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do it. No, because I had always been rebellious. That's just a part of my personality that people weren't going to tell me what I couldn't do. And so in that one time, it began to work in my favor. Okay. And so I still, you know, I was like, I got up there and I got in the front. I'm like, you know, y'all not going to tell me what it is that I can't do. And the first time I stepped on the mat was the first time I feel like that I was reintroduced to myself. Like I was introduced to Ebony. Um, and it just really helped me begin to tap into myself and begin to even notice how hurt I was, how mm -hmm. much trauma that I had experienced. And not only that, that I don't have to look for something outside of myself yeah. to heal myself, that I am made of his image and therefore I have the power to heal myself. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was so amazing. It was life changing. It was, you know, just so revolutionary in my own being. Mm -hmm. um, and I just felt like if this is helping me in this manner, I kept practicing. I had natural childbirth. I had Zoe. Um, and I felt like if it was helping me so much on a physical and mental and spiritual level that it could help people in my community because that's what I was seeing in my community. And I still see is that people who are hurting mm -hmm. and people who have suffered from trauma and people who don't have the coping skills to deal with just life's ups and downs. Like it has its own sense of trauma living in the hood in and of itself. Yeah. Let alone something happening to you. And so I wanted to give people the opportunity to learn how to heal themselves through the power of yoga and mindfulness. And so I started teaching yoga at Keys Park. And I did that for two years. Um, I quit my job. I was a teacher. Somebody let me teach school, which is crazy. <laughs> I taught school for five years, and I quit my job. By that time, I had two children. Um, and my second child, Maya, that's when I gave birth to Yoga in the Hood. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to share this with somebody else. Um, and I started teaching yoga in the park. And for two years, nobody really showed up. Um, and so do you think they didn't show up because they there are, were they looking at you like, who does she think she right. is? Like she's bringing up, like she's not coming with the double, the double jump rope. She's not coming with stuff that we know. She's bringing right. something that is totally out of our comfort zone. And I believe that has a lot to do with it. That has a lot to do with um, why people still don't practice yoga, why people still don't practice mindfulness, and it's so valuable. Mm -hmm. But because of how social media portrays what yoga and wellness looks like in magazines and things of that nature, then people automatically feel like that this is something that's not for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going, I'm not going over there um, in this unfamiliar space because I'm already hurting and I'm already uncomfortable, and so I'd rather stay in my comfort zone, you know. Um, and so I felt like it was my job just to be consistent, mm -hmm. you know, just to be a representation of what wellness looks like in our community and begin
continue to learn how to translate that. Well, you certainly are an amazing representation of wellness and just peace. I mean, when I when I'm you know when I was with you, I, I just I walked away from our conversation like, wow, I got a whole lot more stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, I do. You know, but it's it's inspiring and, and what what you have been able to do for yourself. And a lot of times we can second guess um, the past, but we can definitely rewrite the future. And so with that, that, that's utterly, um, you know, amazing to be able to do that and do it with peace. And, And that's what I see when I see you and I talk to you. Like I see a woman who is confident and very at peace with where she is and really like I told you before, you're definitely in your season. This is the season. Let's talk about what you are now seeing with the children that are participating in the Yoga in the Hood program. What, what are some of the, the impact stories that you're seeing? So we have a mindful movement after school program um, and it's curriculum aligned with the TEKS, which are the uh, Texas standards for education. And it's aligned with social emotional development and physical activity. And so we go in and after school programs or we're going through PE classes and we teach yoga and mindfulness for social emotional development. Um, Our first year, we saw a 72% decrease in in in-classroom disruptions and a 31% increase in classroom academics, which is something that we weren't even measuring. Um, So for the numbers, because people like to hear numbers, those are good numbers. But for me personally, to be able to go to a school like South Oak Cliff and teach yoga for a semester to these students that people have ridden away and mm-hmm. see them be integrated back into the classroom and see them really take responsibility for themselves in their own healing. Those are the powerful things. Or to see a young lady who goes through our program and has built confidence and knows that she is valuable, knows that she is loved. Or to instill in a child um, this confidence and to be able to even introduce themselves to somebody or look somebody in the eye. Um, We had these amazing twin girls who had gone through so much by the time they were nine years old. Like, it was just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, they were pent against each other as siblings. And so they despised one another. It was always a competition. And so being able to use yoga and mindfulness as a way for them to be able to tap into themselves Mm -hmm. and even realize that's really not how they felt about each other. That was somebody else feeding them that Mm -hmm. information. But not only that, but then to become mindful enough in their interactions with one another that because they had built these habits of being mean to one another, that Mm -hmm. noticing when they were being mean to one another and being able to have the tools to change how they interacted with each other and and all those things are just so powerful and it makes the grind so worthwhile yeah yeah that is so I mean it's incredible to hear that you know certainly we could all say you know I I think about there was a couple of stats about kids and sleep Mm -hmm. and you know obviously if kids don't get 10 to 12 hours of sleep and there you know it's a there's a whole grid that talks Mm -hmm. about you know, if you're 10, you need so many hours of sleep. If you're, you know, 13, you still need so many hours of sleep. And so to see kids get up 
go into school the next day if they haven't rested, right. if they haven't eaten, if they have not really even been prepared, mm -hmm. then how can we adequately expect them to be ready to go in the classroom and successful? So there's so many of those just different things. And when you talk about bringing wellness and an attitude of wellness, even if it's for the 40 minutes or the 35 minutes that they have, that gives them the opportunity to rest their minds, not have, um, you know, and to be able to think clearly, or maybe it's just even just being able to be quiet and be still, you know, and, and how that really can help them. I mean, that is just critical. And I'm so glad that you all are tracking the numbers because it makes sense to be able to do that, but I think it also is important to be able to see the value of your program and definitely the impact of it as well. So you have two girls and obviously you are, I mean, they're in this space with you now. So they're watching mom. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, obviously they don't necessarily know all of the past. They you know, obviously have been around it and seen it. Tell me what your hope is for them as you all are really in this good, in this season and um, as you move forward? Um, so many hopes, <laughs> but I think one of the most beautiful things that I could hope for them is that they always understand how valuable mm -hmm. they truly are. That they always understand that they are created of the creator, mm -hmm. that you are divine. Yeah. That nothing outside of you, you don't need anything outside of you. It all lies within you. And the better that you love yourself, the better that you take care of yourself, the better that you can go out in the world and do whatever it is that your heart desires, what you were created to do. Mm -hmm. And I just want to create a space for them to explore who it is that they are mm -hmm. and who it is that they want to become and what that entails, you know, as a woman, as a human being, African-American in this country um, and, and all of those things to show them the world. You know? Do they enjoy yoga? Sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. <laughs> if it's if it's a space where they can show off their moves, then yes. Then they but like to. Okay. Like, eh, we're just doing regular yoga at home. It's like, yeah, do we have to? Oh, but that's I'm like, come fun. on, you have to practice if you want to show off your moves. Like, Yeah. That's good. That's good. So, on this journey as a nonprofit leader, what do you think you would share to other people about what you've learned? Like, because it's one thing to say, I want to, you know, I want to start this nonprofit. And then you get in it and you're right. doing it and you're like, uh, wait a minute. Right. What, what have you, you learned on your journey? Cause you gotta, I mean, you still got a long way to go with it, but. <laughs> um, that is hard out here for a pimp. <laughs> You know, entrepreneur life is so fulfilling, but it's such a grind. Yeah. And especially if you're doing something that is so out of the ordinary and so um, revolutionary. Like mm -hmm. the more out of the ordinary and the more revolutionary is, the harder it's going to be. Do you think people take you seriously when you when you're um, coming and you're like, Hi, I'm a yoga instructor. I teach yoga and yeah. this is what I do. Not really. 
And it's so interesting, you know, even with yoga journal articles and being on the news four times and all of these things, like it's still a major struggle. Wow. It's still a major struggle to take care of the children in in the manner in which you would want to, to uh, buy the things, to pay the bills. It's such a struggle. And I feel like that one is because of the work that I do. It's such a person, such a personal work. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times you don't get paid for personal works, especially in the state of Texas. (laughs) So it's your vision to have, you know, obviously to be teaching yoga. Mm -hmm. And I think you've, you've, you've had some, and you are now in, how many schools are you in? We are in 38 schools across five districts. Okay. um, Where we teach after school programs for social emotional development. Okay. And we also offer free community classes in four different locations. Um, And we also go into corporate organizations and we teach about yoga and mindfulness and self-care and how that moves better business and saves millions of dollars. Sure. Because if you're if you're well and you're healthy, then you've got a well population of workers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you like your job. Yeah. And you and you know, understand what your why is and you Mm -hmm. know how to take care of yourself when you're burnt out. Then that keeps you from pretending calling in sick or being stressed out so much so that it's affecting your body physically, mentally and emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So it's interesting when we talk about running a nonprofit, running a business, running your family. Right. Um, one of the things that always comes to mind is your support system. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? Like who who supports you? Who's who are your cheerleaders? Do you find it necessary that you have them? That you have that personal time with people? Um. This is something that I definitely learned from entrepreneurship is that you need people who are in your corner. I am a Capricorn, so by trait, I am always climbing mm-hmm. a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and if that calls for me to have to climb that mountain alone, then so be it. But what I've, what I've grown to understand is that if you have people helping you up that mountain, that you can get to the top a lot faster. And so I have amazing human beings in my life, one of them being my mother, which we haven't always had the best relationship. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's so powerful for her to see how yoga and mindfulness has helped to transform my life. And in yeah. doing so, then out of that respect, that um, we love each other on purpose. That's that we good. love each other intentionally. Does, um, do you feel that there is a part of that relationship has, now that it has evolved mm-hmm. to be more connected, mm-hmm. do you feel that there was a part or some part that she felt that she played a role in the past? I would say so. Yeah. I would say any mother who uh, tries to be a good mother has a knowing that you are going to make mistakes. Yeah. And as your children grow up, my children are only six and nine, and I've, and I've made mistakes where I had to intentionally begin to repair that because that's all I knew. Yeah. And so when I learned, I, all I can do is give them the information that I've learned. Yeah. And um, I think that that's so valuable. Yeah. And 
and I think anybody having any issues or dealing with relationship issues when it comes to parents that we keep it especially if you come from an african-american background that you keep in mind that our parents did not grow up like we grow up like we like we're growing up and like we grew up that they faced battles that were unheard of and so when it comes to telling you that you must be seen and not heard well right now we're like that's ridiculous but then that time that was a life and death situation And when it comes to women and raising their children, that they had to make sure that you were in line because that was a life or death situation. And so in them raising us, I think sometimes we don't understand from whence they came from, from our past, and why it is that they are the way they are and they function in the manner that they function. And I feel like me being able to have that understanding gives me grace Mm -hmm. for my mother. and to my mother and then an appreciation for despite of that, her still giving me everything she knew possible that she had, giving me the best of herself. Well, I am certainly um, happy for you and her that you've been able to repair and uh, work toward just building that new relationship because it's key, especially now as you being a mother as well. And uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, we learn we learn from our past. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and this is interesting because we're in such a digital space, mm-hmm. which, you know, coming up, we weren't there. Right. So there's so many things that are just wide open to us. Um, it, sometimes it's a curse and a blessing, yeah. right? Social media, marketing, digital marketing, that whole bit. Um, but definitely, uh, I think that that's good. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you are fostering that that good relationship with her but i feel like i have a village as well Mm -hmm. we have 17 amazing teachers we've done a couple of yoga teacher trainers where those teachers come in and just jump right into the community jump right into the work that's good i have some amazing support from my partner who is a music therapist and we just put that thing together you know yoga mindfulness movement music like this whole healing component was really brought another level to what it is that we do and the work that we do um and I also feel very supported by the people who are watching me Mm -hmm. um, because I understand that people are watching me I I take responsibility for that and I don't try to show up as the perfect version of myself, but the greatest version of myself. Yeah, um, that's good. And, and that's a practice mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> um, that I continue to do on a daily basis. But I, I really feel supported by the people who are watching and rooting um, and even the haters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we need the haters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need the haters. That's, it's, a, it's okay, you know, because that, again, you know, having those things that keep moving you forward and keeps pushing you to be even greater is, is good too. Yeah. So it's interesting um, because of course you're doing yoga and that's like your space. So when you talk about self-care, when I think about self-care, is there anything else that you <laughs> like would do for self-care? Whether, I mean, obviously, we know you love yoga, but yeah. is there other, are there other things that you're interested in? That's such a good question because yoga doesn't always help sometimes, oh, you know, so okay. it, it's, it's my go-to, but 
it's not the only thing that I have in my self-care toolbox. Okay. Yeah, and it's, and it's so important that you fill that toolbox up with all kinds of things that you like. So it could be anything from me going to get my nails done or my lashes done or I've started like slight jogging is what okay. I call it. <laughs> <laughs> you said slight jogging. But I like to, oh. I like to walk, you know, mm-hmm. I like uh, Pilates sometimes, you know, I love to read, music is very therapeutic, like all of these things are encompassing of self-care. Self-care is in my definition what makes you feel well okay. and a lot of different things in life can make you feel well yeah, yeah. that's good that's exciting i enjoy reading yeah. um, a lot of self-empowerment type of books what are you so reading there, so i'm reading now um this book called the memo mm-hmm. by mindy hearts and um it is amazing yeah so um i will send you the link so you can grab it and, uh, but I just got it last week and I was, I was reading it when I was getting my hair braided and, uh, you know, it's just kind of like, Ooh, this, this book is good. Oh, that's good. But written by an African-American woman who I also, I think I saw on LinkedIn and I was like, wow, she's pretty amazing. So I got the book and it's been a good one. Nice. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about what do you see as your next oh, step? God. Like, <laughs> what's next for uh, Ebony Smith and Yoga in the that Hood? That is the question of the year. Like, <laughs> oh gosh. Honestly, I um, am thinking of moving out of the country. Okay. Um, one, to expand my own practice. Okay. Because I never want to become stagnant in what it is that I'm delivering to, okay. to someone else. Um, and then I want to take some time to begin to expand um, what yoga in the hood looks like in other hoods. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's good. So I really see, you know, within the next probably year, probably moving to Mexico um, and, and taking my children there and continue to homeschool them, but just begin to embrace them in other people's cultures. Nice. Yeah, and so the world can become their reflection as opposed to just what it is that they see around them, you know? And they can gather their own opinion about what the world is and what it has to offer them. And um, yeah, just being able to to expand in that way personally, mm-hmm. and then expanding Yoga in the Hood in a sense where really going out and teaching other people how to implement this into their community. Because every community is different and they need slightly different things. Yeah. Um, and just being able to go in and teach people how to that's a, that's exciting. I mean, that, that's really exciting. It's very innovative. And I think one of the things that you have done well is to be able to provide this tool that's replicated already. I mean, that's what you're doing now in the state of Texas with the different programs throughout different school districts. And that's, it's almost like just taking that and replicating it yeah. somewhere else. And I think that that's fabulous. That's a cool goal. Well, thank you. Yeah. Definitely eating uh, avocados in Oprah's backyard is on the list. <laughs> eating avocados of that nature. I hear you. I hear you. So talk a little bit about what, um, what you find in this. Do you find, because I now I'm hearing, I forgot, I forgot all about that you were homeschooling. <laughs> um, 
I mean, you're like, you're like this woman of many hats. So how do you find the balance? Like what's, mm. or is there balance? I believe there's balance in and out of moments. Okay. I, I don't think it's a balance that we ride on into the sunset. Yeah, but yeah, that's it's, good. It's a balance in and out of moments. And how can I, how when I'm out of balance, how quickly can I recognize it and jump back on the track? Okay. Um, so for me, it's just really tapping into that village because I have amazing people who come in and, and teach Zoe and Maya different things like photography and ballet and gymnastics, you know, and who help me with different lesson ideas and things of that nature. So, um, and just giving myself some grace mm -hmm. that um, nine times out of 10, when I'm looking at my life on a lens from the outside, I'm looking at it from a standpoint of what other people say it should look like. Yeah. And at that point in time, I feel really out of balance. Okay. But if I look at my life and look at it in the eyes of what it is that I would like to achieve for it and how far I've come mm -hmm. and in this with this sense of gratitude, then that lets me know that I am in balance, that I'm on the road, that I'm on the right track. And so I think that for me, balance is a frame of mind, yeah. you know, and I, I can always come back into balance with gratitude, being grateful for everything that's that's happening around me, even if it's not my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, you are certainly um, not only inspirational, but truly, um, I, I say a gift, you know, because sometimes you, you never know why people see or why they are inspired by someone else's story and certainly your story is is very inspirational but then also the journey and to see you overcome uh, a lot of just a lot of life a lot of life that wasn't pretty yeah you know and so sometimes that is very challenging for people to do and the fact that you've been able to do it and you've been able to recognize it and then seek for that assistance, but then overcome it. Yeah. So there's the, you know, there's that walk step, the, the steps of those paths that are gonna allow you to, to come up, to overcome that. Yeah. And that's truly what I see you has, that you are truly an overcomer, mm -hmm. you know, and that's exciting. So if you had to leave our audience with a word about leading your best life or of overcoming an obstacle, what would you say? That it's no one's responsibility but yours. That whatever it is that you seek to do, whether it's healing yourself or overcoming an obstacle or becoming a millionaire or you have a vision, it's nobody's responsibility but yours. It's nobody's responsibility to have sympathy for you or to have compassion for you or to see your vision or to participate in it or to share, like, or subscribe. It's nobody <laughs> else's responsibility but yours. Yeah. And once you realize that and move forward in that space and that's what other people will connect with that energy and who's there to help you mm -hmm. will connect on to the fact that you feel so passionate about what it is that you're doing. That's good. Yeah. 
Well, I tell you, I it has been my pleasure, obviously, to get to know you, to watch you, and just to see how you've grown over this past year. And then to have you here definitely has been just amazing. Thank you so much. You. I'm honored that you were here. And um, it's just been a blessing to see you and Yoga in the Hood. And we're going to continue to to watch and, and watch you flourish um, this organization as you continue your journey. Yeah. So thank, thank you. you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you all for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Aaliyah Henry Show. Remember, be bold enough to use your voice brave enough to listen to your heart, and strong enough to live the life you've always imagined. See you next time.